this is Anna. Welcome to Reader Pod Podcast. I will get my nerves out. I can't believe I got to talk to you. <laughs> oh, why? So How nice. I mean, I, you're, you're so supportive on Instagram and I thought, oh, great. Of course I'll do, Anna, of course. Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> I can't imagine them being a bigger fan, but still, you would be on my dream list five years from now, not now. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and you're early and everything. I think you'd be tangled oh, and eager to go. And I mean, I'm sure that you'll you'll be eager to go, but still, this is so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. No, it's a pleasure. Oh, I don't I can't even articulate how excited I am. This oh. is just wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> that's how I'm feeling. I'm going to see James Bond tonight. So that's how I'm feeling about seeing Daniel Craig. Oh bless. <laughs> Well, each you don't mind if I drink my coffee. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. Couldn't be more excited. So, just to launch straight in, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I think that this will be a different. This was your COVID book, really, um, and it'll be yeah. such a different one to the ones that you've written previously and to the ones that you will write into the future. Well, to- actually, I. I think uh, The Spy's Wife just nipped in. I'd already been overseas and gathered the material for the story, mm. but I was writing it through COVID. So I think The Spy's Wife will follow beautifully in the line of all the books that people have know that I've written. Where the change comes is for next year. Um, I've had to really rethink not my style of writing, but my subject matter and my locations. The Spy's Wife will be seamless for everyone. Um, mm. And I was got some help at the right time from some people in Germany who are historians. And they said, look, whatever you couldn't get, we're going to get for you. So just ask us anything and mm. we'll go and find it. We'll dig it up. We'll take photographs or we'll, you know, we'll tell you how we're feeling about something. And that was, you know, such an incredible resource to have at my fingertips. But I was very lucky that in 2019, I went to Yorkshire and I found Levisham Railway Station and I found, I went to Scarborough and I went to London and I did all the British part of the story. And then in 2020, in at the end of February and early March, I was in Germany doing Berlin, Nuremberg, Stuttgart, mm. Munich. And it was whilst I was there doing this first gather up and, and sort mm. of settling down in my locations that I realised I think I'd better get home and Mm. and I was probably you know I just scuttled in just in time and then Mm. we went into lockdown so if you look at something like the champagne war Mm -hmm. um, which is last year's book um, that took about four trips to France to yes I I write in layers and Mm. um, I only got the one gather up for this book so the incredible part is I think it's turned into my second favorite book I've written it feels like it's got some information it's my Um, favorite book to have read I think um, but I wonder whether each book of yours is the favorite one but no like you say it is completely seamless I can't see any difference at all in terms of all the wealth of information that I feel that I know now about the areas and the I don't want to give away any spoilers or anything no no we'll be careful but I ended up having too much information as it turned out Mm. because I did go to I thought I went to Nuremberg thinking I would get a rally in because the 1936 rally was 
was very, very important. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought, okay, well, I might take my characters to that rally and give them a a sense of what this enormous theatrical presentation Mm -hmm. was all about. But I had too much story at that stage. Mm -hmm. I I just didn't know where I could fit in uh, Nuremberg. So uh, I was quite that was a nice surprise to receive that I thought I'm I'm not going to fit it in I'm sad to let it go but that's good I've got enough story absolutely to, to, yeah and yeah. I don't think there's anything wasted with yours either who knows when it will come back up again or what you'll how it'll, it'll turn up in the future I think yes indeed thank yeah. you that's lovely to know <laughs> I've been a big fan of yours <laughs> for years <laughs> So I think the, well, this one is just particularly beautiful. I think it was, so the Yorkshire is just lovely, but the opening scenery is just beautiful and the the cherry blossoms in flower and I won't go into any of the other details, but it's just such a beautiful way to, you know that you're in for a Fiona McIntosh novel right from the first page. Well, I think... um... What works for me is that I like to walk in the footsteps of my characters. So Mm. I will never, ever write about a location if I haven't been there. And it's not good enough in my mind to have been to Yorkshire maybe even two years ago. So I've written books set in Yorkshire, The Pearl Piece in Yorkshire. um, There are other stories in Yorkshire that I've set, but I went to Yorkshire with a specific mission to gather material for this story. And so Mm. I will always do that. And what tends to happen is because... I'm seduced by what I'm looking at or I'm entranced by what I'm experiencing. Mm. I do believe that emotionally that comes through into the prose Mm. and the reader can touch that same emotion that I am feeling. Mm. So whether if they've been to Yorkshire, great, they get us, they sort of have a better understanding of what I'm talking about. But if they haven't been to Yorkshire before, they get a sense of it, you know? And so it's very important to immerse my five senses in the location, mm. walking in the footsteps of the characters. And I think that walks back out of the pages again into the hearts of the reader. And I've always approached my stories like that. Oh, yeah. Well, I've only travelled there through your books. And I tell you, <laughs> I feel like I've been there. It's such a beautiful way to travel. Yeah. I, to Look, actually I, I like to it. Mm. Good, good. And I think that's another thing. I love to armchair travel people to far flung places. And I think if they have been there hopefully the story will trigger a desire must get back there you know I Mm. I remember loving it or it does what it's doing to you which is I would love to see this for myself you know I love this location that Fiona's Mm. writing about I'd love to see it so I think it's uh I'm always striving to achieve that in my storytelling when I'm dealing with a landscape or a particular location providing it's not a a location of horror then I'm trying to encourage people to go and see it for themselves Oh, absolutely. Well, I think that that's one of your absolute strengths. I think <laughs> there's not been one location of yours that I haven't wanted to, to add onto my bucket list. They're all, yeah, <laughs> they're all up there. <laughs> oh, wow. Which of your books is your favourite? I, I think I know, but I'd love to ask. Is it The Pearl Thief? Yes, it is. It's not It's not good to have to A like your child. children <laughs> any better. Yes, exactly. It's. I mean, in, in real life as a parent, I hope that would never happen but I can't help but have The Pearl Thief as my favourite story when I'm writing I don't really have a sense of my own storytelling I'm just writing what I'm feeling and what the story that has coalesced around me that's the story that's coming out and it can't be any other story that's Mm. just what's happening because I don't plan my story 
stories mm, and I don't I've know the beginning, that. the middle yeah. or the end. I do, yeah, I just have to write in the moment. It's a very organic thing for me and it's a very moody thing for me. So the mood I'm in is how it comes out. So without having a plan, um, trying to think what I was going to say. Oh, yes. With The Pearl Thief, I did have a sense of what I was writing for the first time in, you know, I think that was my 37th book or something. Mm. The, it was the very first time I was writing a novel and I thought, oh, I know this is good, actually. I, yeah. I couldn't help myself. I thought this yeah. is a towering story of a woman's triumph over her fear because mm. um, she's such a broken woman mm. um, and she's so brittle. And the glue that holds her together is, I almost don't know what it is, but she's so fragile mm. and it could shatter, you know. And so she uses a sort of a cool attitude to everyone mm. around her. That's the only way she, by keeping mm. herself to herself and sort of withdrawing that yeah. she can keep herself putting one step in front of the other. So I loved her as a character mm. because she decides during the course of this story to turn around and face the demon she's been mm. running from all of her life, from childhood. And um, she turns around and faces the demon and, and says, no, I'm coming for you. You know, yeah. I'm not going to run away anymore. I'm yeah. coming for you. So I just, I mean, that whole revenge kind yeah, of Yeah, absolutely. When the victim becomes me. the perpetrator. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I love that about her, that she found yeah. incredible strength. And um, so the Pearl Thief, and the whole story is so emotional and yeah. and it heartbreaking in every way. I mean, the opening the opening prologue with the, you know, the kinder transport and mm. the children being taken away. Mm. I mean, it just breaks your heart and it keeps yeah. breaking your heart. So the Pearl Thief for me. A week leading up to our chat, I've had dreams about you. I've had, <laughs> I've had, I'm um, with the chocolate tin and I've had and my last night's dream which was what I was going to say was that scene where she's losing her family that was in my dream last night I would have thought that my favorite before the spy's wife was a champagne wall because I'm sure it's just whichever one I've read most recently most recently but I think yeah. the pearl thief really it, it holds a special place I think yeah I, I love it I mean I but you've certainly all of your books have tackled big subjects yeah, and with big characters and big themes and I've I recently read your fantasy ones that you wrote right at the start of your career just in preparation for our interview today yeah. and they're all like incredible gosh the world building they're huge stories yeah they're yeah. huge stories they yeah. taught me how to juggle a cast and, and how to build a story and how to really get tension and drama um, oh, I mean I learned a lot from writing it's all there you've got it yeah. all there right from the right from the get-go but I no. think actually Anna sorry I no, no. didn't mean to cut across you but I think Evie in The Spy's Wife is almost I wouldn't say she's a mirror of Katerina but it's as though they belong to the same family of women um, Evie is very much a woman who has led a sheltered life um, she's never moved out of Yorkshire yeah. she lives in a sleepy hollow on a branch yeah. line helping her father run a railway station I mean she has yeah. she's she's not ambitious she, no. she has no delusions She's she doesn't even have aspirations beyond maybe having a family and just mm -hmm. um, you know baking and mm -hmm. um, pressing her wildflowers and all this she's just an ordinary girl and she is required to put herself into the most extraordinary situation yeah. that none of us would be capable of doing and we would demand training she gets no training she's Absolutely. just flung into yep. the, the lion's den and I think that's where she mirrors Katerina where mm. she finds the most extraordinary strength and courage but hers is driven by fear yeah. you know hers is not driven by revenge hers is 
driven by fear that if she's found out, she could be executed and the people she, she loves be. could be executed. Yeah. yeah. At the drop of There's a hat, no there'll be no trial, yeah. there'll be no inquiry, no. there'll be a bullet. That's, yeah. that's how it wore a, a hanging. And so fear drives her to become this sort of nerveless, almost fearless person in the face of the Nerves most of incredible steel. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So that's why I think the spies were. But that's so funny because favorite. I was, I saw the connection there and thought that I was just reading into too much and wanting to see connections yeah. where there wasn't. But yeah, I'm not surprised at all. So in the. I, lo- I, I only I love all of your. I people. enjoy. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm writing a book for myself, the sort of book I want to read. It's got drama, it's got history, it's got a romance, it's got suspense, it's got violence, it's got mm. um, horror. It's I bring all the sort of genres together into one story and I write what I want to read and I'm just very lucky there's mm. a lot of people out there who also enjoy well it's the whole package like isn't it yeah it's everything it, mm. with the spy's wife it seems that people are reading it very fast tells me that the drama is not letting up um but I haven't given them good options for okay, oh well, there I'll is no reprieve yeah, no there's no no let up in the <laughs> no let up at all and it is quite an adventure. It's quite a big adventure and a lovely role for a woman to be in. I think, you know, if you ever made a film, I think there would be actresses who'd, who'd be thinking, great, it's it's great to have a meaty role like this, that the woman gets to be the heroine and to be front and centre of all the action. Um, and she's not relying on a man to save her and she's not no. relying on a man to give her the answers. I mean, it's Evie's wits that get her through. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know. Yeah, and I also like the fact as well that she's not a um a teenager either. Like it's it's lovely to see girls doing it for themselves any of the time. But she is, I think she calls herself of a certain age right at the start, and it, that's just lovely to see as well. Yeah, yeah. No, you must yeah, be so absolutely. proud. So, uh, well, I'm I I do love this book very much. I'm mm. I'm so happy with how it turned out. I wanted an adventure. I didn't want it to be another war story. I felt the Champagne War, you know, we were in the trenches. It was very sad and heartbreaking. Mm. And I wanted to bring us out of that because the world has gone into a dark place of its own. And so Mm. I thought this next book, being the spy's wife when I was writing it, it needs to be almost cheerful. Um, Mm. It's set against I guess a darker backdrop of sure saber yeah. rattling by the Nazi ideology. Mm-hmm. We haven't gone into full blown Holocaust. We haven't gone into, no. you know, we're not rounding up Jews yet. We're not, the world isn't really sure that yeah. anything's going to happen. They're just watching Hitler rising in his power, rising in the rhetoric, beginning to really rattle those sabers and, and rearm. Everyone's sort of slightly on the back foot, but basically only the reader knows what's coming. I mean, the past is optimistic. They're in the 30s, the Great War's behind them, the Great Depression's behind them, and they're looking forward and they're thinking no one would be stupid enough to start another war in Europe. So that's what I've toppled you into, and I keep the characters in that frame of mind that it's summer, everyone's frocked up, they're Mm -hmm. on picnics eating ice cream. 
And they're generally, it's a happy, optimistic time. It's mm. only Evie, really, that is suffering. Only Evie is in this situation of incredible tension because no one else around her knows what's going on. So I deliberately kept it lively, almost cheerful and adventurous. And, yeah. and that was deliberate, yeah, yeah. well away from war. It's also a period that I don't really know very much about. It's it's a bit of a nothing. It's not the Roaring Twenties. It's not the Great Depression. But like you say, there was luck on people's part to see it for what it was and to yeah well yeah. why would you I mean you just want to you just don't want to face that again I mean generations of young men just obliterated so no yeah. one would want that again and or would like to believe that again and mm. the 1930s in Germany was at the beginning was quite it was a liberal nation and certainly at the end of the 20s, I mean, um, Berlin was the place where all the misfits went, the people who didn't mm -hmm. quite fit society or they were rather out there or they were very theatrical or dramatic mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. artistic and creative. Mm -hmm. They found their way to Berlin where they were very, yeah. very welcome. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was a place of nightclubs and fabulous people, you know, it didn't sleep. And suddenly with the rise of this new ideology and this conservatism, it was everything was changing and Germany mm -hmm. was locking down, locking down. Mm. and no one could quite believe it was happening you see no. so I rather liked that backdrop for the story and I let that be the tension that's building there's no need for the horror that it, we all know was coming mm. there's no need for me to go there because the reader knows it so I know yeah. the reader's already thinking oh my gosh you don't realize what's happening and yeah. they're frightened for the past yeah absolutely but I definitely got that sense it really I think we were the only ones who who were anxious like you say they are out eating the ice cream and having the picnic yeah they're in the middle of a nice summer exactly exactly no. um, and the interwar years are quite interesting I like the interwar years for storytelling mm. um, I find them a fascinating time because mm. no one did know what was coming but the 1936 was a big year in Germany it was the year of the Berlin Olympic it was the year of the Nuremberg rally when Hitler unveiled so this is towards the end of the year he unveils mm. the new Reich battle flag so that mm. is is the first genuine sign that he has plans to make war. I mean, to have a battle flag announced, what else are you supposed to think? So okay. these soldiers and submarines and aircraft would now move beneath this new battle flag about the Reich. And it was uh, very unnerving for people in, well, Whitehall beginning to think, all right, we need to actually start thinking about what this might look like. And that's where Evie steps into all of that. Yeah, Evie's right at that precipice, isn't she? Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, she is. And she also With no battles. reason to be there. <laughs> no, I know that poor honey. Oh my goodness. Oh, she's wonderful. Yeah. It is a hard book to talk about without any spoilers. So we'll just leave all of that. Okay. And, and wonderful, just wonderful. This must be a difficult book for you to be promoting in the midst of, of the COVID lockdowns. I know that I got to yeah. go and see you. Yeah. It is. It's because this is the third year. So in 2019, mm. the bushfires began whilst I was mm. on tour. So it was around November when things were, you know, really getting out of control in, in Sydney and it felt I think I had not tickets dangerous. to see you. Um, yes. It, you couldn't, yeah. We just felt 
it was in bad taste for me to yeah. be roaming around and sort of encouraging people to come to my events, maybe risking driving around or through. Mm. I mean, we needed the roads clear so that if people were in trouble, mm. the emergency services could get through. We didn't want any roadblocks or queues of people coming to see driving in to see yeah. me in a small town or something. So we just said, okay, we'll cancel it. So we it was a shame, but we cancelled it. That was 2019. 2020, we all know what happened for 2020. Yeah. And now 2021, we really had high hopes of getting around the country. We had a we had a wonderful uh, national tour organized since mm. February. Yeah, you know, there I know. were probably 35 events around the country and we were yeah. very excited to be back on the road. And then come sort of July, August, when Sydney was going into it deep, yeah. a real yeah. lockdown and no no sight. I mean, those numbers were climbing so Climbing frankly. so high, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Penguin just made a decision. They just said none of our authors will be touring this year. We've just got to get through another another sort of summer and we'll look at doing something next year. So it's the third year in a row I haven't stood in front of a live audience. And I, I do miss seeing seeing the readers. You know, I like to be able to thank them in person. I like to get their feedback. And this is the reward that you see your book has touched so many people because you yeah. write in such a vacuum and it's such a lonely pastime to uh, create a novel that it's when you burst out and go on tour that you think, wow, all these people want to read the book or they've read the yeah. book. It's an incredible oh, feeling. It's yeah. part of the reward. I just remember um, how generous you were with your time when we got to see you at the um, the literary lunch that we went to. Gosh, that line oh, took yeah. ages to work through. I that know, was, I, you were oh, it's lo just lovely. I would never leave anyone. I never leave anyone behind. Everybody yeah. has to get their chance for the photo or the chat or the yeah. signature, whatever. Because I'm very great. I think people are amazing to take time and, and spend money on me, you know. So uh, I'm, I'm very aware yeah. of that. And I'm very aware of how generous my audience is to me. Mm. I'm lucky that I can get around to some audiences in my home state. So mm. we're doing about five or six live events in oh, person. Oh, that's wonderful. And yeah. Yeah. We did one on Sunday and there were a couple of hundred people and it was just fantastic to see them all sitting all there excited, having their afternoon tea and, you know, a microphone and a stage. Yeah. And I thought, oh, yeah, I have missed this. I have missed being with readers. You know? Yeah. So it's great. We'll get back to doing it. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much. I think um, other than what you're reading now, that's it. I've got no more questions. You have covered everything. Thank you so much. Oh, good. What are you it's reading at the moment? Are you reading? What am I reading? Well, Do you have I much time reading... to read? No, not leisure time. I yeah. have certainly not at this time of year. I'm mm. reading I'm reading a John le Carré because oh. I do love thrillers and spies and stories such as that, particularly from someone like the maestro mm. of John le Carré. So I'm reading, I read a lot of research material around mm. this time of year because it's coming in and I'm gathering it. So I am researching the 2023 book right now because I always work two years ahead. Yeah. The 2022 book is written. It's oh, delivered. and I think it's yeah. going to be a set in Australia one. Yeah, it is. It has Yay. to be. It was yeah. researched and worked out through um, COVID where I had no choice. I didn't even have a choice to cross a border. I couldn't get no, I couldn't even. first yeah. choice was to go to Tasmania. I thought, okay, mm. well, I'll go to Tasmania and I'll. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll go to Queensland. I'll write it back. I wanted to go somewhere that I'm not so familiar with and I can 
find a story, but we couldn't cross any borders. And yeah. so at the time, I had to really look over my shoulder and think, gosh, I'm going to have to set this book in South Australia. So that really threw me for a little mm. while. I thought, just got no idea what to write about. Mm. But curiously, you know, um, needs must. And you sort of mm. start to think about things. And I've managed to put together this story. My editor absolutely loves it. She said, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what you're worried about, because I was mm. quite worried. But she said, it's, it's magnificent. I love this story. It's your first real Australian story. So that's done. And I'm working on the second draft of that. And I'm about to start writing the, the fourth Jack Hawksworth book. So a new crime. Oh, wonderful. Up, so, yeah. This was my first year that I've done your thrillers as well. I think you've been writing those ones for years as well. And they'd recently got reissued. Yeah, that's right. Well, I only wrote two at the same time back in 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. And then I haven't written any more crime until I wrote Mirror Man for last mm-hmm. year which shot to number one in Australian fiction and Mm. sort of forced my hand to say, okay, Jack's back and um, we better start thinking about some more Jack books now. So I'm working on the fourth one. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful. Plenty more of Fiona McIntosh to come then. That's so great. Now I am going to go because I am about to start crying. This was just Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I cannot believe that you gave me your time. It's a pleasure, Anna. You're always so supportive. Well, we'll do it again for the next one, I promise. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. I cannot. You just, you keep selling your books in your beautiful way that you do. Thank you. Okay, so thanks for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe. See you next time on Readapod Podcast. Podcast.